The Freebird and Doubly's Y-Wing came out of hyperspace at the coordinates deep inside Thull's Shroud. The Rebel ships were supposed to be near. They had already punched in the coordinates back to Zeluria when Doubly got a partially garbled message from squad leader Jake Fabri to switch to inside the giant gas cloud. It was supposed to be where the displaced command center had been resettled, but no one was here. Are we sure this isn't a trap of some kind? Roach asked. Patience, little Tiamat. Doubly said. They'll be here. Sure to Doubly's word, a large Nebula-class frigate appeared out of the clouds almost right on top of them. A blockade runner appeared at its flank as well. They were surprised by how close the capital ships had been without being seen. Welcome, Captain Vance, came the familiar voice of Captain Fabri as he swooped down toward them in his Y-wing. Is this home now? Doubly asked. For the moment, Fabri said. You'll want to dock with the Centurion to get briefed by General Cloudman. The two ships did. The person they had rescued was sent immediately to sickbay where she could be treated for all the damage that had been done to her. Meanwhile, the team headed toward the front where Doubly and Yalto showed everyone where the briefing room was. Inside, General Cloudman was finishing a holographic meeting with the leaders of the revolutionaries, Briley and Tornak. Seeing her still stung Doubly, but he knew it was for the best. Cloudman told the pair that the team who had connected them to the rebellion had just arrived. They said hello, and the team entered and said hello back. Roach hurried to the table and looked it over, fascinated by its elaborate setup. Can we fit one of these on our ship? He asked. The two in the hologram laughed, and Tornak said they should probably get back to their preparations. Cloudman agreed, and they said their goodbyes, Briley looking directly to Doubly and holding up her hand to say goodbye to him. He stared back, trying to retain a blank expression until her image disappeared. Cloudman then told them that the revolutionaries would be attacking House Casito, eating away their infrastructure while their own forces would be freeing up House Kellerman, and gathering resources for a major attack. Shouldn't you be looking for another rebel base? Yalto asked. Cloudman shook his head. That time has passed, he said. The Alliance has provided us with this capital ship and are sending more resources for an important mission. Now, what I'm about to tell you is top secret and must be kept undercover at all costs. Everyone looked at Roach, especially Cloudman. What? I can keep a secret. Roach protested. Cloudman then, hesitantly, began to explain as he placed up a map of their region of the galaxy. Alliance Command is making a bold attack on a neighboring sector. It's so big they hope to take down the Empire once and for all with it. The best thing we can do to help is to cause enough chaos in the sector that the Empire sends reinforcements, then to tie up those reinforcements so they don't get back in time for the final showdown. The group watched in stunned silence. They couldn't believe that this could be the end of the Empire, or the end of the Rebellion. Cloudman concluded by telling them that they had several attacks planned and were preparing to implement them. They now needed every operative they could get to either fill the ranks or accomplish some missions. Yalto informed him that they had a mission they believed to be of great importance. He described the tower they had seen and all the discarded bodies. Dark experiments of deceit, Doubly explained. Stealing the essence of those sensitive to the Force and giving them to others. We believe they're creating an unbeatable army of Force-sensitive people. They could be used to foil your plans. I believe it's worth pursuing. Where would you be going? Cloudman asked. Yalto explained that the one person they had saved from the tower had said she had heard some of the servitors speak about a city where their headquarters were. They had expected all of the prisoners to die, so they didn't know she would be able to tell anyone. The city was called Garjan, but no one on the team had ever heard of it. Maris Cloudman perked up at the name. That's perfect, he exclaimed. Garjan is the capital city of Sayamara. 
everyone continued to look at him blankly. Sayamaraz where all the houses gathered to make decisions for the twin sectors. The United Houses building is there in Garjan, and the entire city centers around the diplomatic trade. If this operation you're following is there, it means they're doing something to interfere with the houses. If you can turn the houses against them, that would be the ultimate way to distract the Empire in those sectors. The team agreed, and Cloudman told them the names of the two houses who were most friendly with them. House Kellerman and House Elegen. Then he gave one last piece of advice. We may not be able to speak again after this, the general said. Remember, sow chaos wherever you can. Just get the Empire's eyes on you. They all saluted, then headed out. While they waited to refuel, they wandered the ship a bit. Yalto requisitioned a jetpack to have connected to his armor. Roach refilled his grenades, and found that they had an interesting piece of equipment. A synth skin. Supposedly, one could change the entire appearance of their own face into someone whose DNA they had taken. Roach had trouble believing that, but he was interested in seeing it at work, so he requisitioned it to take along. Once the ships were ready, the Freebird and the Y-Wing detached from the Centurion, then turned and flew away, launching into hyperspace toward Sayamara. Welcome to Star Wars Age of Rebellion. This is an RPG Storytime presentation of a campaign played over several years utilizing all three Star Wars role-playing books by Fantasy Flight Games. This is a grand campaign where everything you hear was decided by players in an epic-scale role-playing and strategy game, then turned into this production that tells the story one chapter at a time with occasional explanations of game mechanics. The episodes are shorter than most gaming podcasts because each session is summarized in the form of a story much like an audiobook. It begins with a small band of agents played by a few role players. As the rebel cell grows, more players are brought in to take on the roles of other operatives heading out on other missions and taking part in various battles. Every choice affects the direction of the story, both for the characters on the mission and for the overall story arc. And the ultimate fate of the Juvex and Senex sectors is up to them. As they neared, Guardian Flight Control called them. Master Dentra told them that they were with House Krizlat and were on their way to the United Houses. The flight controller seemed uninterested and provided landing information. As they flew toward the spaceport, they got a good look at the opulent city. Tall, silver buildings reached for the sky, many with golden statues stretching out of them. None were taller or more ornate than the United Houses building standing boldly in the center of the spiderweb of speeder-filled roads. Over to one side, a little more than a mile away from the UH building and the accompanying lavish offices around it, sticking out like a sore thumb, was a skyscraper whose black exterior seemed to suck in all light around it. The spiky decor resembled that of the Dark Tower on the Rogue World. Surrounding it was a three-story wall, and as the group flew over it, they could see clumps of people training on the grounds between the building and the wall. The team had already discussed what they would do, so when they were on the ground, the entire team went to visit the offices of House Elgin except for Doubly, who remained behind at the spaceport to see if he might be able to locate the smugglers, pirates, and other members of the underworld. It was the type of life he used to lead, and he had a nose for finding his own kind. House Elgin had been approached by the Synex Rebel base while Vresh and Wynn's teams were investigating the Super Trooper program. In game terms, they had used some of their manpower points to get a diplomat, and they had sent it to House Elgin's capital to pull it to their side. They had focused on this one government the entire time because it surrounded their base, and they had won over their loyalty. 
This was working in their favor particularly well now because one of their planets sat along the route the Alliance fleet would be using, and it would work to their benefit again now since it provided the team with a local connection. The offices of the diplomats were all in one area of town not far from the United Houses building itself. Finding House Elgins was not difficult. However, when they inquired for the diplomat, she had not yet arrived. They had landed early in the local time, just before businesses opened up, so they waited. Roach noticed the name of the diplomat along with her picture, Ilama Woolwill, a name that was difficult for him to pronounce. Ilama Woolwill. You know, we're inventing this game and we are choosing to use these very hard to say things. Ilama <laughs> had last arrived and found the team in her lobby. She looked nervously over at Yalto, barely fitting in a chair and nearly causing it to break. Next to him was a kid who smiled broadly at her, and then a serious-looking woman who didn't look like she wanted to be there. But then a man with a much more peaceful demeanor approached her. Greetings, Miss Woolwill. I believe you know my cousin, Duke Kreslot. We are of House Kreslot, and we've come to speak with you about an important matter. Ilama froze for a moment, uncertain how to respond. But then she said, Of course, my office is right back here. Yalta stood up and asked, Do we have assurances of privacy? Of absolute privacy? Why, yes, Ilama said as her eyes nodded toward a location where an eavesdropping bug might be. But you must have worked up an appetite on your long flight. We should go to get some breakfast. Roach stepped toward the diplomat. He had that look on his face that everyone knew by now. Yalto and Elor both grabbed him and held him back. Dentra approached Ilama. That would be lovely. Where shall we go? Ilama named a place not far away and how to get there. Yalto turned Roach toward the outer door, and they left. Once outside, Yalto suggested that Roach and Reggie explore the neighborhood. He expected to have to convince Roach to go do something else. But instead, the boy excitedly turned to the droid, who stood at the same height. All right, I've been waiting this whole time to have an adventure with you, Reggie. Now, it's time to hit the streets. Fist bump, buddy. The droid extended a metal arm from one of its flaps, and it tapped Roach's fist. Then the boy and his droid disappeared down the street, happy as could be. Aylor too, separated from the group, informing the others that she was going to go check out the facilities they had come here for, or at least the wall surrounding it. Yalto agreed that it was a good idea, so she walked off toward the skyscraper. Dudley was having a more difficult time than usual figuring out where the smugglers, pirates, and other scum and villainy were hanging out. This city kept up a heavy veneer of respectability, but every town has its shadows and the brighter the light, the deeper the dark. He at last realized that the people he was looking for were right there in the pilot's lounge. Like most ports in the twin sectors, it was the one with the most non-humans, many of whom did not like to stray too far from their methods of escape, but also baggage passed nearby, so most jobs that required tight lips could be garnered here. Doubly had managed to spark up a conversation with a local Trandoshan who helped match pilots with cargo. It was the perfect connection as he knew everything going in and out, and he believed in information for a price. The only problem was it was difficult to understand him. Most non-humans don't have a lot of business on Sayamara, he said, except to import and export. But there are still a lot of us here for one reason or another. Doubly asked him who ran the black markets, in case he needed to avoid them or pay his respects. That'll be Sunset Thaddo. Come again? Doubly asked. Sunset Thaddo! 
You want to stay on the good side because they're a subset of Crimson Dawn. Are there any houses I should be concerned about, aside from all of their casual racism? Doubly asked as he scooted some more credits over to his new friend. I'd stay clear of House McCoon. They got a reckoning coming to them. A reckoning? Doubly asked. Yes. They've been ripping off other houses for a while. And some of them have figured it out. The walls are closing in on them. Anyone in particular leading the charge? Hmm. Straco. Straco's got battle droids held over from the Clone Wars era, and they're pretty militant. McCoon's none too anxious to have them come collect. The Trandoshan went on to say that just about every house had something on them that other houses wouldn't like. But right now, he had to go. His comm was buzzing, and he knew what that meant. I've got to go deal with the transfer. House Petrol has been moving slaves and chemicals to Carcavidian. If you decide you want to do a smuggling job, they've got lots of jobs. What if I want to find you again? Doubly asked. Ask for Sid, he said. Sid for later. Doubly. Doubly Vance. The wall was tall and sleek with a rounded top. Aylor tried to find some weakness, but there was none. Even a grappling hook would slide off. The one exception to this was about every thousand feet or so where bulges denoted guard towers. Strangely, there were no guard stations nor guards at the top, just mechanical textures. This was probably where cameras and alarms were hidden. Ironically, this would be the easiest place to connect a grappling hook, but they'd be seen making the attempt. The wall itself was thick. She had seen that from space, and it all looked new, brand new as in no handprints. Though this city seemed eerily pristine, Aylor didn't want to think about what they did to vandals who smudged their precious city. There was one entry point, a gate along a major road that led directly into the tower. What is it with this guy in towers, she thought. A shiver ran through her. She had expected to feel anxiety, but this was beyond a natural emotion. Something surrounded her. Something was searching for her. Aylor strolled away from the building, then hurried down one of the side streets away from the structure. Dentra and Yalto had already done a thorough check of the diner both inside and out. They saw why Alama liked it. Wanting to attract diplomats who valued private conversations, several of the tables were sectioned off from others. The two men chose one they liked and sat at it. Yalto felt around under the table and swept the ground with his feet to make sure there were no bugs. Alama found them and sat on the opposite side. Yalto began to speak, and Alama pulled the menu up in front of her face. The two men looked at one another confused. I can still hear you, she said. How can I help you? Dinsha quickly caught on, and he put his menu up in front of his face. We would appreciate your guidance while we are in town. What are you here for? she asked. Yalto put the menu in front of his face and said, We'd like to see the house turn against the Empire. Well, that's convenient timing. We're debating on that very topic today. Turn against the Empire? Yalto said a little loudly. Dentra tapped his arm to remind him to keep his voice down. Alama cleared her throat, then said, The Empire has declared our sectors to be dangerous, full of rebel agitators. I can't imagine what they mean by that. They want to bring more forces into the twin sectors to rid the infestation. Of course, once they are here, they will probably stay, and the houses have a proud history of remaining autonomous so the debate is over whether or not to allow them to increase their presence here. And where do you stand? Dintra asked. 
How Seligen believes in its sovereignty. We also know that once a predator begins hunting in your woods, they have no reason to leave. Do a lot of houses agree with you? Those who are not naive or have a private deal. I figured this was the reason you had come, so I compiled a list of every house and which side they are leaning. When does the vote take place? Dentra asked. First thing tomorrow morning. Whatever convincing we wish to do needs to happen by the end of today. What about the Imperial Presence? I've noticed that the policing is done by Imperial troops. It is an Imperial planet. Something the Old Republic convinced our grandparents to do when they were building the United Houses. They convinced them that it was the best place for it because they were neutral. But the buildings are all run by the House Lords. And the big black building? Yalto asked. Ilama's menu lowered down to just under her eyes and she looked knowingly at Yalto. Then she covered it again and said, All Imperial. Do you know what goes on back there? No, but I might be able to find out. In the meantime, we would like to help you convince the other houses to keep the Empire out of the Twin Sectors, Dendra said. How can we best help you? I think you should come with me to the United Houses meeting, she told Dentra. I can have an extra set of credentials made for you and you can come into the meetings to assist me. She turned to Yalto and slipped the information about the houses to him under the menus. And you can work from the outside to try to discredit the ones who are leaning toward voting yes tomorrow. Both operatives agreed and Yalto hid the paper she had given him. Ilama then put down her menu and said, Right, who's having pancakes? Roach and Reggie had wandered pretty far from the spaceport and they found themselves near a corporate building they had figured out had the regional offices of a bank inside. They watched from a distance, pretending to be just a boy and his robot waiting for a bus. What they were really doing was watching for a target. Roach had told Reggie to keep a lookout for anyone who was near his height going into the corporate building. It was the beginning of their work day, so the employees were filing inside. Leave the details of the plan up to me, little buddy. I've got them taken care of. Hey, how about after this? I get you a fresh oil injection. Alright then, let's find just the right person. Not much later, they spotted the perfect mark. It was a short woman with long brown hair. Most importantly, she was dressed to impress. Roach zoomed in with his macro binoculars and he saw her name tag. Finance manager. Roach liked the sound of that. Every room of the United Houses was grand, with tall ceilings, wide halls, plush carpet, and curved stairways. Ilama led Dentra to their entry into the center, where they stepped onto a curved balcony. Other similar balconies ringed the round chamber. All of them pointed toward a circular stage in the center near the bottom. Dramatic lighting crisscrossed onto the platform where a lectern sat before a speaker who was railing against the Empire. She was not speaking of their ill deeds or lack of equal rights, but rather their unwillingness to share power with sovereignties already ruling their star systems. Dentra whispered to Ilama, asking who that was. She told him that it was Kaisava Passrap of House Hacks. They have a thriving agricultural market, and they want to be left alone. As the representative continued to passionately and expertly warn of the dangers of the Empire, Dentra looked around the assembly to see how different people were reacting. Each house had their sigil on the front of their balcony. He did not yet know which was which, but he learned quickly, asking Alamo whenever someone's reaction seemed telling. Though helping him learn the politics of the twin sectors was distracting, the Elegin diplomat found his insights useful. Yalto, Dublin, and Elor met back at the Freebird to make plans. 
Roach and Reggie also came in, but they got bored quickly and went into the next room to play holographic chess, and so put in noises from each of them every now and then. Yalto laid the information Ilama had given him in the middle. It showed the eleven main houses of the twin sectors and a little bit about each one. They would be the only votes that would really matter in the next day's election, so the team needed to figure out how to get them to their way of thinking. Written in parentheses was the direction that house was leaning politically, and either one for slightly, or two for very. Then came the name of the lead diplomat, then a note about them, then whether they were currently inclined to vote yes or no. We need to start by giving the houses something to rally behind. I thought it's something up, uh, call it make our sectors great again, or Mazga for short. In short, we convinced the houses that they didn't need the Republic. They don't need the Empire, so let's keep them out. Dubly moved on, explaining that he met a contact who helps with smuggling on the planet, and he explained what he had learned from him, including the name of the local syndicate, and the fact that House McCoon had been ripping other houses off and they were figuring it out. Elor added what she had learned about the walls around the Imperial building. It was going to be nearly impossible to get inside, but Dubly wanted to remind everyone that this was their primary goal. This facility is not here for someone down the road, he said. This facility is here for now. My fear is that they'll be using them to take over these houses sooner than later. I share the same concern, but Eller's confirming something I was already suspecting. We're going to need help getting in, and it'll probably be in the form of getting these houses to turn against the Empire, so... What I want to do is prime these houses so that when the elegant diplomat takes the floor, she only needs tip everyone in the right direction, and they'll fall in line, like a house of cards. He then told them what time the representatives were supposed to go to lunch, because that would be the perfect time to catch them outside the safety shell of their building. So they needed to decide who they would approach. Consulting the list again, they saw that the only allies they had were houses Petro, Elgin, Kellerman, and Straco, and House Hacks was neutral. Other than that, everyone was supportive of the Empire. However, there were only four yes votes so far, so they were starting out ahead. Yalto wanted to first assure the yes votes from those who seemed shaky in their loyalty. Then they would try to get the yes votes to... reconsider. So they determined that Dubly would go back to his smuggling contact and try to get more dirt from him. Elor would go speak with the representatives of House McCoon since they were vulnerable right now financially. Yalto would go speak with their other ally, House Kellerman, to see if there's anything more they could get from them. Yalto then called for Roach to come in and get his assignment. Roach leaned in and said confidently that he already had an assignment. What do you mean you already have an assignment? Yalto asked. We're knocking off the bank, Roach said. The other three team members turned their heads quickly at the kid. He was going to need to explain this one. This has been an RPG Storytime presentation of Age of Rebellion. Join us next week to hear what happens next. If you'd like to see a visualization of this episode, check out our YouTube channel. The link is in the description. If you'd like to see other things written by the author of this show, you can also find that in the description. Happy gaming, everybody!